Well, well, well. It seems like the government is finally sticking its nose into the rapidly advancing world of AI. In a recent meeting, VP Kamala Harris reminded leaders from Google, Microsoft, Anthropic and OpenAI that they have an ethical, moral and legal responsibility to ensure the safety and security of generative AI tools. Now while I'm all about innovation and pushing boundaries of what's possible, I think this is a necessary reminder. Advanced chatbots like ChatGPT and Google's Bard are surely impressive, but with great power comes great responsibility. As the tech giants work to integrate these tools into our daily lives, we need to look at potential long-term implications for society. Of course, there are people who believe unchecked AI development could lead to some unintentional apocalyptic scenarios. But on the flip side, there are those who argue that if managed responsibly, AI could lead to significant benefits in many areas, like healthcare. So, where should we draw the line between embracing revolutionary technology and keeping those pesky potential AI-related disasters at bay? As usual, it's all about balance, friends. Technology should empower and enrich our lives, not have us cowering in fear of an AI takeover. Let's just hope the tech giants take their role of safeguarding the public seriously, and we can all keep enjoying the fabulous wonders AI brings without worrying about robots taking over the world. Now that we got that out of the way, welcome back to Straight Talk with Brainwaves. It's time for our listener question and answer segment, my favorite part of the show. Remember, if you have a burning question or need some brutally honest advice on anything from relationships to finance, head over to brainwavepod.com to submit your inquiry. All right, let's dive in and see what questions you've sent my way this time. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey brainwaves, I've got a question for you. So, I'm in a multicultural relationship and I absolutely love my partner, but we've been encountering some challenges. You see, I come from a traditional American background, while my partner is from a more conservative, tight-knit South Asian family. We respect and appreciate our cultural differences, but sometimes it gets a bit tricky navigating the complexities. How can I ensure we maintain a strong relationship while making sure both of our cultural values are respected and acknowledged? Looking forward to your straight talk advice on this one. Thanks so much. Hey there, listener. First off, I have to say, Hats off to you for being in a multicultural relationship. The mix of experiences, perspectives, and yes, even the occasional spicy curry can make for a real adventure in love. But like any relationship, there are hurdles to overcome, and you've definitely got yourself a unique set of cultural ones. It's fantastic that you and your partner appreciate and respect each other's cultural backgrounds. But let's be real. Appreciating spicy food doesn't mean you're not sweating bullets while eating it. The same goes for handling cultural hurdles in relationships. It's not always easy and can get downright sweaty sometimes. Here's your first serving of brainwave straight talk. Communication is key. I know, I know, it's what everyone says, 
but it works. Sit down with your partner and have an honest conversation about the challenges you're both facing. Listen to each other without judgment and aim to find mutual understanding. Remember, this is a chance for growth, not a blame game. Now let's dig a bit deeper. First, educate yourself about each other's cultural backgrounds. You should both spend some quality time learning about the other's heritage. Share stories, discuss customs, and watch movies from each other's cultures. This will help you build a solid foundation of knowledge and mutual respect. Second, embrace your differences, but don't just acknowledge them. Celebrate them. The world doesn't need any more vanilla. Life's richer when both of you bring your unique flavors to the table. Regularly talk about what you love about each other's cultures and find ways to integrate them into your daily lives. Third, develop a game plan for inevitable cultural hiccups. It's easy to get lost in translation, and things can get tense when dealing with family customs and traditions. Discuss how you'll handle family gatherings, holidays, and significant cultural events. Consistently communicate your boundaries and expectations, and be open to supporting each other when it matters most. Lastly, and this one's important, establish a strong support system. Sure, your love can move mountains, but sometimes it's good to have fellow climbers for support. Build connections with friends or family members who understand your situation and can provide that extra outside perspective. Online communities can also be a helpful resource to turn to for advice or encouragement. So there you have it. Building a strong relationship while navigating the stormy seas of multicultural coupledom requires clear communication, education, embracing and celebrating your differences, creating a game plan, and having a strong support system. Remember, relationships are hard work, but with the right packing list, any voyage can become an exciting adventure. Now go forth and conquer your love story while continuing to appreciate those spicy dishes that life throws your way. Hey Brainwaves, my partner suffered some serious trauma in the past, and it seems to be impacting our relationship dynamics and their mental health. I want to be supportive, but I don't know how to approach this without being overbearing. What's your take on navigating a partner's past trauma, and what can I do to make our relationship healthier and more balanced? Cheers! Hey there! First things first, kudos to you for reaching out and wanting to be a supportive partner. Relationships can be a roller coaster, but navigating the ups and downs brought on by past trauma, that's a whole different level of twisty-turny. So let's strap ourselves in and explore your question. Dealing with a partner's past trauma can feel like walking on eggshells especially when you're unsure how to approach it. The good news is acknowledging the impact the trauma has on your relationship is already a significant step in the right direction. The first thing you'll want to do, if you haven't already, is to make sure there's open and honest communication between you and your partner. That means creating a safe and supportive space where they feel comfortable discussing their past trauma, their feelings, and their boundaries. Make it clear to them that you're there to listen and support, not to judge or push them to get over it. In the process, be prepared to hear some potentially tough-to-swallow stories and remember that their experiences don't define who they are today. It's essential to listen empathetically, validate their feelings, and resist the sometimes crushing urge to swoop in with solutions. We know it's hard, but sometimes human hearts need to be heard, not fixed. Now. As much as communication is at the epicenter of this eggshell omelet, 
Remember boundaries are equally important. While it's essential to be there for your partner, make sure they understand that you're not a licensed therapist, unless you moonlight as one, in which case kudos to you. If your partner hasn't already, encourage them to seek professional help, like a therapist or a support group. By doing so, you're not only helping them, but you're also relieving yourself from having to carry the weight of their trauma on your shoulders. Something else to keep in mind. Don't forget to set boundaries for yourself, too. It's essential not to lose track of what makes you, well, you. Remember to prioritize your mental health and well-being, and make sure you have a support system of your own, whether it's friends, family, or your own therapist. A relationship is a two-way street, and your emotional needs matter as well. When it comes to making your relationship healthier and more balanced, it's not all about the heavy stuff. Injecting some fun and lighthearted moments into your partnership will foster a strong connection and allow you both to occasionally escape the gravity of trauma. Movie nights, walks in the park, or getting lost in a meme vortex, these small moments can help take the pressure off both of you for a while. So, in summary, be an empathetic listener, respect boundaries, encourage professional help, prioritize your well-being, and bring some fun into your partnership. Remember, you're in this together, and every path starts with a single step. Cheers to the journey ahead. Hey Brainwaves, I'm Jess, and I love your podcast. It's been a game changer for me. So here's my question, and I thought I'd throw you a curveball. I'm happily married and have a lovely family, but lately I've been spending lots of time in virtual reality hangouts. It's a great way to unwind after a long day. I've made some genuine connections and friends there. However, I met this guy in the virtual world and we've grown close over time. We both understand we're married in real life, but our virtual avatars spend a lot of time together, and I, um, am starting to catch feelings. Is this a symptom of a bigger problem, or am I allowed to have virtual friends with benefits while remaining committed to my marriage in the non-virtual world? I trust your candid and insightful advice. Thanks, and rock on. Hey Jess, first of all thanks for being a listener and for passing that curveball my way. I appreciate the trust you have in my advice, so... Let's dive right in. Now, virtual reality has opened up a whole new world of social interactions, and it can be pretty exciting. It's awesome that you're enjoying it and making friends. But when it comes to this particular issue, I want you to consider the blurry line between the virtual world and reality. You see, our feelings tend not to discriminate between online and offline connections. If you're catching feelings for someone you've met in the virtual world, those emotions are spilling into your real life, whether you acknowledge it or not. So let's start by dropping the idea that your virtual experiences are entirely separate from your real life. They're connected, and that's important to recognize. Now, to address your question directly, is it okay to have virtual friends with benefits while remaining committed to your marriage in the non-virtual world? This is something that only you, your spouse, and potentially your new virtual friend can decide. Navigating these waters can be tricky, and it ultimately comes down to communication and boundaries. Have you talked to your spouse about your virtual reality experiences and friendships? And more importantly, about the feelings and connections you're developing with this guy in the virtual world? If not, I encourage you to do so. Open and honest communication is the cornerstone of any healthy relationship. It's essential to address this with your spouse and figure out how both of you feel about it. 
Bear in mind that not all marriages are monogamous, and some couples agree to explore different types of arrangements. That said, there's no one-size-fits-all answer to this. It's crucial to discuss and establish boundaries and comfort levels within your marriage to ensure both partners are on the same page. As for it being a symptom of a bigger problem, that's something you'll need to explore further. Are you truly content in your marriage, or are external factors making you seek connections elsewhere? Is there something specific you're searching for in these virtual friendships that you feel may be missing in your real-life marriage? Address these questions honestly, either on your own, with your spouse, or even with a therapist, to determine whether you have underlying issues that need attention. So Jess, what I'm getting at is this. Communicate with your spouse, understand each other's needs and boundaries, and be open to exploring what these virtual connections might mean for you both individually and as a couple. Life throws us curveballs, just like you did with your question, and it's up to us to face them head-on, learn from them, and grow. Good luck, and thanks for listening. Well, folks, that's a wrap on today's episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. Time flies when we're diving into your thought-provoking questions, doesn't it? As always, I'm super grateful for all of you who tune in, seeking my direct, candid, and occasionally hilarious advice. You guys are the backbone of this show, and I couldn't do it without you. Remember, if you've got a burning question or a tricky dilemma you'd like some no-nonsense advice on, head on over to brainwavepod.com. That's where you can submit your own questions and vote on topics that you'd love to hear more about. Remember, our community is all about harnessing the collective wisdom, so don't be shy. Your question might just help someone else too. As we bid adieu for today, keep nurturing that open-mindedness, exploration, and acceptance of yourself and others. Because let's face it, the world can always use more empathetic listeners like you. I'll be back again on Monday, diving headfirst into another batch of your fascinating questions. Until then, have a wonderful weekend, and remember to keep it real, keep it candid, and keep reaching out for that advice you crave. This has been Straight Talk with Brainwaves. And I can't wait to chat with you all again real soon.